My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Britt here today with an incredible guest, Carrie Lutz. He is a recovering attorney and a lifelong serial entrepreneur. You guys, he's also the founder of the Financial Survival Network. So welcome to the show, Carrie. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. I mean, I know I kept my part really brief, but I think this is the perfect time to go ahead and elaborate on, on a bit of your journey and what brought you to where you are today. Yeah, well, you know, everybody has their own journey, their own way of doing things. I guess uh, I was always a square peg in a round hole, uh, kind of uh, never fit in anywhere. And, uh, you know, that kind of carried out into my career. So corporate world was not for me. Uh, you know, conformity, a loss of individuality and uh, stifling of creativity that you find in so many businesses. I uh, kind of was in small business, took over family business in New York, legal printing, went to law school, became an attorney because those were my clients, and then uh, kind of uh, sold that company, the printing company, started a law firm, started, did many turnarounds, many new businesses, kind of a serial startup junkie, and uh, really... Uh, Thought I wanted to be in radio, but at the time it was very difficult to break into radio. Radio was a big deal. We're talking 20 years ago, 25 years ago, before the internet really became the primary means of communication on the planet. And I figured uh, one day I'll buy a radio station. Well, then podcasting came around and I said, hey, you get to like connect directly with people who want to hear you. And you don't have to have a gatekeeper, radio station, bosses, all that, things that I avoided my entire life. And it's like having your own radio station. I started podcasting. I was really into uh, precious metals investing since uh, 1999 when it was down at $200 an ounce. Now it's nearly 2000 gold. And uh, silver was, you know, $2, $3 an ounce. Now it's $23 and so I had a belief in that. And I just started talking uh, on my show about hard asset investing, uh, inflation, economics, Austrian economics, and how that things would no doubt get worse. Um, I started doing my podcast in 2011, right after the economic collapse. And, uh, you know, I made it through the economic collapse, no problem, um, mainly because uh, I was in businesses that weren't really impacted by it directly. Um, but I felt like I could have some experience help you out there to, to find a path where you're not relying upon uh, the kindness of strangers, if you will, the kindness of government, the kindness of uh, big corporations, because they don't have any. And, uh, and seeing that uh, after the economic collapse of 08 and 09, they never really leveled with the country 
on why it happened, the world, how to avoid it, uh, debt, the the advisability of uh, lowering your debt or only using taking on debt to actually uh, engage in projects, businesses that are going to make you money. Um, So the way the government solved it was just print up more money and uh, give it to the banks, make sure the banks are okay, let the legal system work, kick millions of people out of their homes. And uh, look, these people weren't blameless, but uh, for since I was a kid, the American dream was go get married, buy a house, have kids, be a part of the community. And then all of a sudden, this concept was stood up on its head. Also, was go to college, get an education. The average college graduate makes $1 million more in their career than non-college graduate. I mean, a lot of these beliefs, uh, underlying beliefs in our society just got shredded during the 08 and 09 financial crisis. And that's because people really don't understand economics, uh, economic systems, the whole uh, Western economic system. And believe me, I'm not like uh, negative. I'm not opposed to the capitalist system. What I'm opposed to is is capitalism, what we have now, where basically it's not, you don't just build a better mousetrap, but you got to bribe 50 politicians to let you successfully market that better mousetrap and fight off the competition for you. Or mm-hmm. you are... Uh, in with the uh, power elite. So you find somebody built that better mousetrap, you give them 10 cents for it, and then you go take it, and then you, through your network, you exploit it. So the original inventor of that didn't have the knowledge, didn't have the ability to do it. And so a lot of these false beliefs propagated through the system. And I kind of started FSN to, uh, to kind of deconstruct these false beliefs and you know number one false belief is that you have to go to college to be a success you know some of the most successful people i've met in my life either didn't go to college or they went there to avoid the vietnam draft and uh, they didn't really go there to learn uh, marketable skills to that would uh, put them ahead in their careers you know entrepreneurism to me is a uh, way more valuable than higher education. That doesn't mean I don't believe in education. I just don't believe in the institution of higher education, which exists to feed a bunch of, uh, you know, um, basically entitled bureaucrats and uh, educational industrial complex people, banks, et cetera. It's not really out there to make you more marketable. It's out there to let these people feed off the system and become wealthy from it. So education now is a great thing because you can pull up a YouTube video and you can learn things that uh, you would never be able to learn in school. I learned how to podcast. I spent $1,000 for the Podcast Answer Man's online podcasting course back in 2011. And, uh, you know, that $1,000 is been paid back many, many, you know, hundreds of times over and over again. So education important, formal education, yes, 
if uh, you want to be a doctor, you got to go to medical school. You got to go to college. You got to get decent grades. You want to, uh, you know, be a lawyer. Yeah, you got to do it. But there's so many other paths. And even going through higher education, you could do it in a much more cost-effective way. So I'm kind of rambling on here, but my point is that opportunities are always there. Uh, when times are worst, it's often the opportunities are the greatest because you don't have competition because most of the world cannot see the opportunities. They're too much wrapped up in a fear mindset. So my point is the opportunities are there. It's all up to you whether you recognize them and put yourself in a position that you can actually exploit them and take advantage of them to achieve your goals. Absolutely. Thank you so much for going to detail, Carrie. Now, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, planning to thrive in these uncertain aspects in the world. You know, we never know what's going to happen next. And it looks like you made it all work for yourself during everything like the pandemic crash, the, you know, everything oh, yeah. else that has gone on. So how did you make that work? And how did you plan to thrive in these, these uncertain situations? Okay, so let's go back to the pandemic. All right. So having a knowledge of economics, knowing what the government was doing, I knew we were going to have massive inflation. There was never a question. It was baked in the cake. And as much as the Federal Reserve would like you to believe that inflation's over now, the worst is over, hardly. It's going to be with us for a decade. So then you say, all right, so we have this inflation um, bias built into the system. How do you profit from that? So back in uh, 2020, when this all started, I mean, I had been renting, uh, I had a house, had to move, sold it. And I wanted, I looked, I said, hey, housing is going to skyrocket. Even though they're saying housing is going to go down the drain, totally, totally wrong. So I looked desperately because I didn't want to just buy any house. I could have just bought a house that wasn't really right for me. But I looked for a good six months, found that house, signed on it, signed the contract in February of 2021, closed in uh, June of 2021. In that six-month period, house had gone up 35%. I could have just taken my contract and sold it, never moved into the place, but I wanted a place to live. Here we are. Even now, where housing prices have peaked, perhaps going down a bit, um, there's still not enough supply, all right? We have, like, in many respects, a housing shortage. The other thing is, look, when you are when you see inflation coming, you want to own assets that have cash flow. So whether it's you're renting out houses, apartments, condos, whatever it might be, you want to do that because, especially if you can leverage them, take on debt, the debt that you uh, borrow, you're going to pay back in depreciated dollars. They were artificially low interest rates. You know, in my lifetime, I've uh, my first mortgage I was paying eight and a half percent on adjustable mortgage. Um, to see it go down to two three percent in my lifetime, I can't say I was surprised about it. I did know it was going to happen, but it was a once in a lifetime opportunity. Now you own an asset, you're paying two, 3% on your inflation rate is 
double digit, regardless what they say. You know, inflation's running 10 plus percent, 15. You're actually, if you can just get somebody to pay your mortgage or pay your loan, you're building equity in an asset whose value is going up and uh, whose debt is fixed at an artificially low rate. I mean, this is a no-brainer. Even today, yes. with interest rates as high as they are, um, it's still double-digit. They're going to continue on unless the global economy completely implodes, and that is always a possibility. Let's just assume it struggles on the way it is now for next 10 years. All right. And we uh, we get 8 10% inflation. All right. And you can borrow money at 5 to 7%. So right there, you've got a you got a, a return just based on the fact that the interest rate you're paying is less than the inflation rate. Okay. Follow what I'm saying there? So the point is that if I can rent it out and just break even, at the end of 10 years, I'm going to own that piece of property. Maybe I'll own a third of it, maybe whatever it is. But the inflation adjusted, it's going to go up in value. I'm making money. This is how the rich get richer. All right. And anybody can do it. You know, even if you're renting out, uh, I mean, cars like, uh, you know, there's this Turo. I'm not doing it. It's too complicated for me. But if you could buy cheap cars, decent cars, rent them out to people, $20, $30, $40 a day, and then uh, you're insured and all that. Problem with cars is more of a wasting asset. But equipment, there are a zillion things that people need that they don't buy, that they rent. And it's a perfect opportunity to get involved there. So look for an edge. You always need to look for an edge, but you need to educate yourself to find the edge. Like I said, I put college down, formal education, but I'm a product of it. And But the problem with education is most people go to college, go to school, they graduate, they think they know, you think you know everything you're supposed to know, but all college can do and all formal education can do is prepare you for your real education, which is once you graduate, the school of hard knocks, if you will. 100%. Thank you, Carrie. Now, what would you say is the best piece of, piece of advice when you're trying to um, avoid any losses when you're investing for success? Okay. So the first thing is, it's a lifestyle thing that I've never followed myself. This is me saying, do as I say, not as I do. But I could tell you from my own personal experience, always live beneath your means. All right. Which means if you can afford a million dollar house, buy a $500,000 house. Okay. Always do that. Because when you live beneath your means, you could build wealth. When you live beyond your means, you will just be paying interest your whole life. And it's not worth it. Um, you know, Always, always seek to leverage assets that you can get other people to pay the debt on, okay? So if you want to have a house and you really, this first house, you never did it, go buy a quad or a triple or a duplex, 
stay in one unit and rent out the rest. You could pretty much do that rent-free and you'll be paying down the note, you'll be building wealth and you're letting other people do it. Always use other people's money, but make sure other people's money doesn't come with too big a price tag, you know, like a pound of flesh, all right? Um, it's okay to go bankrupt. It's okay to fail. You cannot succeed unless you're willing to fail, right? And there we go. And any successful person, other than somebody that inherited uh, the Rockefeller Trust Fund or the Kennedy Trust Fund, has had to undergo numerous, numerous failures. And just because you failed doesn't make you a failure. You're only a failure if you believe you're a failure. So really, you just find your purpose, find your mission, and pursue it. And always know that no matter how bad things look, there's always light beyond the tunnel. You know, the dawn is always, always follows night and never, never get thrown off. But on the other hand, you're in a lousy business that can't be turned around. You have to recognize your limitations and you got to bail. All right. There's nothing wrong with bailing from a company that you believe you've exhausted all the possibilities for. Absolutely. Now, how do you best represent companies with branding and marketing? Do you want to touch on that for us today? Yeah, sure. So here's the deal. Like, especially in the energy and the uh, mining sector, which is my specialty, you got a lot of STEM people. All right. Uh, they are geologists, mining engineers, um, petroleum engineers, and in this world, it's hard for somebody to be a generalist. You gotta, you really need to be a specialist. And like, you know, your mining engineer, your geologist, they know about rocks, but they don't know necessarily about branding. It is a rare STEM person who knows how to really effectively market. And, and this is a tremendous opportunity because, yeah, you gotta find the gold, you gotta find the silver, the oil, the nat gas can't do anything without that. But those people need to market because they got to raise tremendous amounts of capital. And therefore, their brand becomes everything. We have like a joke, uh, you know, before a geologist uh, or a uh, engineer names a company, they should probably talk to me. And we can help you define your message. Because What's important to a geologist or a mining engineer is like, what's the grade of the rock and how far do we have to dig down there and how much of it is there? Indirectly, that's important to the investor, but the investor needs to get it from a different approach, an understandable non-technical approach that's accurate and that, uh, that defines the opportunity and the risk and enables them to make an effect enables you to make an effective, rational decision. So, you know, that synthesis, my legal background, marketing, entrepreneur, I'm able to do that usually effectively. And I have partners that I work with. If I can't figure something else, something out, they will. But there's always an investable concept, a marketing hook, if you will. And that's what we help you discover. And you know the answers. Like it's very Socratic, the 
method that we use, we're using your knowledge to answer your questions, but posing the right questions to you in such a way that you can come up with the right answers. Incredible. Now, Carrie, what are any big desires and focuses you have going on with the podcast, with with your business in the next three to six months from today? Well, I've set up a a foundation for podcast education because it's been so good to me, not just monetarily. You know, I could have gone into other businesses, probably achieved a similar or even greater level of success, but the ability to connect with people like you, Brittany, and so many thousands of people. I've done 9,000 podcasts in the past 12 years, probably more than anyone. And thousands of people, thousands and thousands of people I've come across in the path. And so I'm giving something back, setting up a private foundation. We're going to help uh, fund um, aspiring podcasters and YouTubers, you know, with a couple thousand here, there, honorariums, enough to get you started, get your equipment, get your websites lined up and get you on the path. So that's what I kind of want to do because I was one of the, uh, I wasn't the earliest podcasters. They were 15 years, uh, 15 years ago. I'm only 12 years, but um, you're one of the first. Yeah. Well, me and a hundred thousand, I'm one of the first who are still around, you know, a lot of people come and go the definition of a uh, successful podcaster when I started with somebody that did 20 episodes, you know? So, so I want to give back. I want to help you guys out there. Not quite ready to take requests yet, but I'm going to be at the podcast shows and we will be uh, doing drawings and things. And, you know, I plan to, my goal is by the end of 2025 to get at least a thousand podcasters out there who are successful making money. I actually wrote a book about it called Viral Podcasting, A Proven Process to Earn Six Figures from Your Show. So I want to help uh, people, mentor them, mentor you out there, get you guys making money doing this because it's a great thing. You get to travel all over the place. I've been all over the world uh, traveling, meeting people, uh, mostly in North America, but a couple trips to Europe and China it's just the greatest experience. And uh, I think more people, more of you out there can do it. You just need a little bit of guidance and a little push in the right direction. hundred percent. How would you say your, your podcast ties into your business uh, best? Well, it's, it is my business, you know, right. I mean, I right. even, yeah. Like I interview companies, CEOs, put them out on my channel and that helps gain interest for their company brings investment to their company. So, uh, and then, uh, you know, everything is free on my site. I have thousands of experts that have come and gone over the years. A lot of them have been wrong. A lot of them have been right. People I stick with generally have been right over the years. Uh, It's impossible to be right about everything all the time though. So don't let that uh, turn you off to somebody's, you know, point of view. 100%. Carrie, like this is incredible. You've been in it since 2011 and, you know, look at the success you've had with it. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of the pod fade. Well, you were mentioning, you know, a successful um, podcaster would be, you know, 20 episodes in now 
today I, I hear of this term pod fade and that's like, you know, people who start podcasts and, you know, they kind of fight, fade away after seven or nine episodes. Do you have any thoughts behind that as to why that happens? Yes. Uh, number one, uh, Rob Welch, who's the uh, SVP of Libsyn, largest uh, podcast server out there, said you got to treat podcasting as a business. And I mean, I, I didn't exactly do it from the beginning, but very early on when I said, hey, I love doing this, man, it, like, it's uh, food for my soul. I started, I made a business plan. I started, you know, treating it as a business. And that's what my book Viral Podcasting is about, is how do you make money from this? Like, I could tell you creativity, I could tell you what equipment to get and how to edit and all that, but that is not going to make you a penny, all right? Uh, Chris Ravenscraft, uh, uh, you know, uh, Ravenscraft, Cliff Ravenscraft from uh, Podcast Answer Man said, high production values won't bring you an audience, but they'll keep you coming back. So you got to know all this stuff. You have to be proficient at it or have people who are, but then you got to know how to communicate. You must know how to connect with people on a mass level and authenticity, purity, integrity, all these things play in. So, you know, it's the fade becomes because when you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. These people just thought oh, on a whim, hey, it'd be fun to do it. I mean, the biggest joke is when somebody says, how hard can it be to do a podcast? And when I started there, really the tools weren't out there like they are now. A lot of them we had to make our own tools so we really we really uh worked hard on this and uh the the industry's evolved so you can really focus on the creative aspects more than the technical aspects back then it was all technical you had to get the thing edited posted all that now all the all the information is out there you just have to take advantage of it so you need to have a goal. You got to have direction. You got to have self accountability, the ability to self regulate and the ability to fail your way to success. Your first, you know, uh, guy, um, the guy who runs Podfest, uh, you know, Chris, uh, he said to me, what's your most embarrassing moment in podcasting? And I said, the first 50 episodes you know because they were awful really true awful, <laughs> awful. very true so you have to know that you're going to suck and you have to be proud of that and understand have the confidence that you're going to get past it all right you don't need to be a radio superstar to be good in podcasting although it doesn't hurt but it doesn't guarantee a success all of these uh, celebrities that started their own podcast so many of them have died on the vine and yet the people who've emerged are generally, you know, your Adam Carolla's, uh, all these people, you know, they had other media background experience, but they weren't superstars at that. It's very hard to make the transition from being a superstar celebrity on TV. You know, you you watch most of these people who, who've tried to make the transition, their podcasts are jokes. So you have opportunities there you could do it cheaply you don't need a lot of money people say well i need hundred thousand dollars to do it no i mean hey look i had money 
But all that money did was ensure that I didn't have to go find a job while I was trying to get good at this and build my brand. You are a brand. All right. Most important thing you're going to do is name your podcast and talk a lot about that in my book. Naming your podcast is the most important thing. I would have never picked Financial Survival Network where I'm doing it now. Whereas like viral podcasting, if you're a podcaster, is a great, a great brand. But, uh, right. you know, that's so failure people. So people who do the podcast fade fail. All right? right. And they fail not because they were bad or good or anything else. It's like they let what other people think get in the way. They, get in their head. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. You can't let somebody own that real estate between your head. They failed because they, uh, they didn't, uh, they couldn't see past the temporariness of uh, their setback, their plateau, whatever. That's why you fail. 100%. Carrie, this is all great, you know, but we want to fail. We want to fail forward, but keep going, right? So in business, podcasting, whatever it is in life in general, really. Right. So like you said, you guys fail forward. Um, it's such a learning experience. You just got to keep going. Right. So Carrie, I want to give you the next couple minutes here to, if there's any last bits and pieces you'd like to share with my audience about what you've got going on or, or anything that we just didn't have a chance to speak on now is your time. And then of course, please, the best way people can connect with you. Sure thing. Hey, well, like, uh, you always need goals in your life. You always need to be moving forward. Uh, sometimes you think you're moving backward and you actually are moving forward. It's like I had a partner. He was a military guy, law partner. And he always said, Charlie Mike, CM. That means continue mission. That's what that means in the military, CM. You know, you just got the, the artillery rained down. A bunch of guys in your platoon just got shot up. Charlie, my continue mission. In other words, perseverance, right? And that's why, you know, the idea of following your passion, loving what you do, it all sounds wonderful. The real benefit to it is you're going to have reverses. You're going to plateau. You're going to have failures. If you love what you're doing, you'll be way more likely to keep doing it until you succeed. Um, you know, there's all too many in mining. There's all too many stories of companies that drilled down a thousand feet and then gave up. And if they'd only gone 2,500 feet, there were massive world-class gold deposits and they would have been billionaires, but they gave up before they hit the mother load. And it's so important that if you love what you're doing, even if you're only moderately successful at it, you'll just keep doing it. If you hate what you do, there's really not enough money in the world to keep paying you. But sometimes you got to hate what you do in order to find what you love what you're doing. So, you know, my advice is do it as a side hustle first. Have a plan. Got to have a plan to succeed. And then just keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. At one point when I started, I was doing four podcasts a day, seven days a week for like the first two years. And like... I was burning out. I didn't even know it, but right. it was practice. So you keep practicing, keep getting better at what you do. And eventually the world will give you money because you'll be the one that knows how to do it better than anyone else. And if anyone wants to reach me, 
It's financialsurvivalnetwork.com, kl at kerrylutz.com. Send me your emails. Uh, like I said, we'll be taking entries probably in another three months for the uh, private foundation to do honorariums of a few thousand dollars to get you started in your podcasting career. Brittany, can't thank you enough for having me on the show, sharing uh, what little wisdom I still have left in my life. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Carrie, this has been absolutely fantastic. It's such a pleasure to have you on our show. And I'm so happy that you're able to come on here with such knowledge and background experience. Um, not only sharing this value of myself, but my entire audience. Thank you, Carrie. And thank you too, Brittany. Good luck. Thank you. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur or higher and want to come on just like Carrie did today to talk about the business, talk about, you know, valuable, valuable stuff in regards to business, life in general, podcasting, please go to top100interviews.com as well. Top100interviews.com. And I'd love to have you on as well. Thanks, guys. Catch you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.